Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, my name's Steve Fingal, and I'm flying solo on this episode. The last couple of weeks I've had uh, photographer Darren Jew come in and sit in the studio with me where we've been talking about the Click Awards within the Canon Collective, which is really moving forward now because we're getting closer to the launch date. So for those people who've been kind of following the podcast the last couple of weeks about the Click Awards, it's going to open for entries on the 15th of November. So, yeah, it's not very long to go now, but uh, the portal is already open, so people can actually go and have a look. So the way to get into the Click Awards is through the Canon Collective. So that's a, a kind of a requirement of the Click Awards that you must be a member of the Canon Collective. And, and the Canon Collective is open to all Australian residents. So sorry for any overseas listeners, and I know we have quite a few overseas listeners, but... Unfortunately, at this stage, it is actually limited to Australian residents. So people can just go on Facebook and look up um, Canon Collective in groups and they'll find it there and there's a few questions you have to answer to get in. And one of the things we do ask is that yeah, you are Australian residents and um, and there is a section there about what camera gear you shoot with. Don't panic about you don't need to shoot with Canon just basically put down, you know, whatever you shoot with. Some people, we've got members who just shoot with their phones, they shoot with other brands of camera, not Canon. But the group is welcome, to, like I said, to all Australian photographers. So it's been interesting the last couple of weeks having Darren Jew come in and sit down in the studio and talk about what the judges will be looking for. So it's given us a huge, I suppose, insight to the way competitions are run and the way images are judged it's interesting because each of the images within the click awards is going to be reviewed by three um, judges or reviewers and they'll each mark the image um, out of with six different criteria and each criteria can get a maximum of 10 points so the maximum a photo could get would be 60 points within this system what happens is so the three judges look at them and then the scores are added together and then obviously divided by three to give an average score. So it's going to give a very true kind of reading that it's not just one person who actually looks at the image and kind of gives it a score. It's going to be seen by three um, very experienced people. So it's kind of, like I said, it's been interesting looking at the criteria of, of and like I said in the past few podcasts, we've t- we've kind of broken it down into different um, parts of the competition, talking about the processed and the edited, talking about the things like the actual categories, faces, people, those type of stuff. So, But I thought today I'd talk more about the value of something like the Click Awards to, as an investment in yourself. So with, with your photography, you do have to invest some time and you do have to back yourself if you're going to ever succeed in photography. You want to be able to build your confidence. You want to be able to build up your skill level. And how you do that is by getting out and shooting. Now, interesting thing, one of the conversations that's been coming about through the Click Awards is, you know, what is a good photograph? So say, for instance, you're a landscape photographer. 
So you take some pretty good shots and you think, yep, I've got some great shots here. But what you've got to really do is you've got to go and look at some of the really great landscape photographers and look at their shots and just see how they differ from your shots. Same as like the great you know, portrait or fashion photographers, say you shoot fashion, look at some of the work of some of the biggest you know, fashion photographers and not just always the people who are currently shooting in the scene. There's a lot of older photographers that really made a name for themselves shooting things like fashion. This actually gives you an idea of then what is a good photo in your chosen area. You know, what is a good street photography photo? What is a good portrait? What is a good bird photo? Looking at all these different other photographers, this will actually give you some visual literacy. And the visual literacy helps you understand what is a good photo and what is a bad photo. So, well, not saying a bad photo, but, you know, some photos are less pleasing or have less impact. So you want, I suppose you really want your pictures to have be A, be pleasing, also to have some type of impact on the viewer as well. So by looking at some of the great masters, that will actually give you some ideas, like I said, what makes a great photo. If you've never really looked at other photos like that before, then you've got no kind of benchmark or no comparison to compare it to. And I think that's really important that we do get that the ability in our own minds to be able to compare things and look back uh, and be subjective at looking at our own photos because we all think we take the greatest, you know, we take a photo, oh, my wonderful photo I've taken. But the reality is that sometimes it might be a good photo, but it's not really a great photo. So I think a lot of photographers like would like to get to the point where they, when someone sees a photo, they go, wow, that's a great photo, rather than saying, oh, that's a nice photo. You really want that impact. You really want to kind of wow the viewer with the image that they basically, you know, you take their breath away, basically. That is what, I suppose, the idea of building up this idea of building up uh, what a great photo should look like. In the Click Awards, I've talked quite a lot about composition as well. And composition is an area where some people struggle with it. Some people um, take to it really easy. But composition is a bit like graphic arts. Like when someone lays something out graphically, there's a flow to it. So it, it's pleasing. And composition of a photo should be the same. It should be pleasing to the eye. So when someone looks at it, it's, it's quite pleasing. There's kind of not something harsh in that image. And again, to understand more about composition, we need to look at stuff like art galleries. So go to your local art gallery and have a look at the type of images that are hanging in there, and especially ones by you know, notable um, painters, they, you know, had an idea of how to actually put the components in the right, correct order that when people looked at it, it was quite pleasing and they'd engage them. So, you know, sometimes people, um, when they shoot something, they just whack it in the middle of the frame. And for some images, that actually works. But for some images, using something like the rule of thirds definitely improves the image, definitely improves the viewability of the image by the person looking at it and I think that's really important to understand you know there's a whole lot of elements to taking a great image and a part of the I suppose the composition side of things as well is to think about the storytelling so what what does that what is that picture going to tell the viewer who's looking at it you know we can look at a street scene and we can see a lot of stuff going on 
And sometimes in, a, in an image, there's more than one story, so there can be multiple stories, especially when there's people, because if there's people involved, each one of those has a story. They're there for a purpose. Why are they there? Why are they carrying that bag? You know, why are they sitting there? What, you know, all these different parts of them is a part of the story. And each time someone looks at those images, people will try and, you know, unpack or understand, try and work out what's going on. Sometimes it's very, very easy. You can see, you know, someone sitting at a bus stop and they've got their bag of groceries there. They're waiting for the bus to go home and they've just been, you know, grocery shopping. So you know that that's kind of a part of normal, you know, normal life is we, we all have to go and do these things. But you can capture that in a photo, which basically when someone sees that scene, they pretty much know what that person's been doing and what they're up to and what their story is that they've just come from shopping. These are the types of things, like I said, that make images more interesting to have some type of story in there. Tell something to the viewer. And like I said, it takes the great masters of excellent at kind of creating um, the stories within the photos and they, they you know quite often they don't take a whole heap of photos they very selective and very um how would you say sparingly how they craft their photos and I think sometimes um, as photographers we rush out there and we try and make as much content as possible sometimes it's a good idea just to slow down and have a look what you're creating and maybe you don't need to create you know 50 images a week you know, that are that are okay images, maybe it'd be better to create, say, five really good or great images. So sometimes slowing down, I think, is a really good process of improving your photography. It helps you, like I said, see the composition better, see the stories and look for those stories to capture rather than rushing out trying to get a whole heap of photos, thinking, I need to take a whole lot of photos, you know, I just want to keep churning out new new images. So I think, like I said, there's a lot to be learned through the, I suppose, the process of like entering something like the Click Awards to be able to watch and, and, and see what other people do as well. And it's going to be really interesting when we come out the other side and we have the top 100 gallery. So it's going to be really interesting to see the top 100 images that are created or entered into the Click Awards. That's going to be quite a, a great spectacle to see. Along the way with the Click Awards, there's been a lot of, I suppose, educational pieces just recently we had fashion photographer Charlene Christie come into the studio and sit down and we did a video piece. We basically went through Charlene's, I suppose, her process at how she captures. Now Charlene is a young fashion photographer who studied in Brisbane, is now being engaged by major brands around the world to capture their brands. She has a very um, unique style and like I said, she talks about it in the in the video we put together as part of the Click Awards um, features. But, you know, a lot of the stuff she's, she talk, talked about can be, even though it's around fashion, but it can also be used for other types of photography as well. You know, one of the things she talked about is, especially when you're working with people, is make the connections early. So when you first come into contact with those people, you know, learn a little bit about them, have a bit of a chat, get some information, you know, put them at ease, so, so when you start shooting, they're already kind of comfortable with you rather than you just being that strange stranger that you, if you've never met them before. So I think that was a really good tip that she gave about, you know, that communication and opening those channels of communication very, very early into the into the actual shoot. So you basically, you know, just get off on the right foot, so to speak. I think that's really important. One of the other things she talked about was she talked about 
moving around, like keeping herself moving. So when she's looking at the model, she's looking at trying different angles. So she's getting down low, she's moving to the side. She said sometimes she gets into a bit of a dance with the with the model where the model actually starts mimicking her movements, but then she's they both kind of get into a bit of a flow and then she's, you know, getting these shots. And quite often when they're done like that, when they're organic and natural, they can look really good. So sometimes that's a you know really good thing is like I said to not just to stand in the one spot, take the photos, especially if it if it's you know of a of a model or or a group of people, you know, move around a little bit, you try different poses, and like I said, just you know mix it up a little bit. And I think that's the important thing of just trying to keep stuff fluid. You don't want to have it kind of stiff and just kind of regimented. You want to try and keep it flowing as much as you can. Because photography, you know, it's about opportunity. It's about capturing those opportune moments. And, you know, if you're in the right spot at the right time, you can grab those shots. So sometimes that comes about by you being that fluid movement and moving around. We've recently talked to another photographer who is uh, with an upcoming feature we've got, particularly around wildlife and bird photography. And um, David Stowe in that interview gives some fantastic feedback on how to capture really great bird shots. He's had a very long career um, shooting um, particularly birds. He shoots a lot of other stuff as well, but he's really honed his skills in on shooting birds and using long long lenses and you know learning all the techniques about how to do that. So we're going to continue to bring people along who will be kind of explaining or giving um, some help to people. You know, we recently just did a, in the collective as well. We did a one piece about sizing images, and I know this is a this is an area where people do get bogged down because sometimes someone will ask you for an image and they'll go, I need an image, but I, I, it can't be any longer than, you know, 2,700 on the longest side. And a lot of people will go, okay, and then they try and struggle how they're actually going to actually export it. So I put a little video together within the collective and I basically took people through the process of how the where, where the sizing comes from because, you know, most people hear about these things but they're not super technical and to be a photographer day you don't need to be a kind of real super technical person knowing all the details about all the numbers and how the correlation of how the numbers fit together so in that video I basically talk about where the sizing of your image starts and it starts with the sensor so whatever your sensor is if you're shooting with a full frame camera it's going to have a um, dimension it's going to have a long dimension and a short dimension and when you multiply those two numbers together, that will actually dictate or tell you how many megapixel your sensor actually is. So starting to understand, like I said, things like sizing is really important because when it comes to, like I said, things like entering competitions and sometimes doing paid work for like some type of, you know, for a magazine or something, they want the images in a particular size or a particular number of pixels on the, on the long side. So the long side on the image is on a on a portrait image is the vertical one and the long side obviously on a on the landscape is the horizontal so things like the click awards is based around um, on the long side 2700 so it's good to get your head around and to understand photo sizing and how it works and how you can actually go into the programs that you use whether you use things like Lightroom or whether you use you know Photoshop or or you use one of the other programs out there they all have a method of outputting images because one of the things I suppose and look for people who are fairly new to photography kind of struggle with this as well is that 
you know, from the from the camera sensor, um, if you're shooting raw, a raw image is every bit of information that the sensor saw, and basically what it does is it doesn't, it's, it's not compressed or anything. So it's every little bit of information that's seen, but a raw file really needs to be processed. Something needs to happen to it. It can't be printed. You know, it has to be converted, and typically it'll be converted to a JPEG. Or for printing, it might be converted to a TIFF file. And there's a few other different um, file formats that people convert it to. But what it basically means they're doing is taking that image and sometimes resizing it or sometimes, like I said, changing the structure of it. So it's good to get an understanding on how images are created, how you move them around, how the sizing works. Because like I said, when people go to enter the, the Click Awards, you know, one of the processes, I've been through the process on the website of putting in some, you know, dummy entries. And obviously when you get to the point, you really want to have your images ready to go. You really want to have them kind of pre-sized, like pick your images, pre-size them, have them sitting in a folder somewhere on your computer that when you want to upload them, they're ready to go. But it's a good exercise. And like I said, if you're a member of the collective, jump in and look for the the video that's been put together. We've just recently included in the collective a a ready reckoner for the Click Awards. So it's like a PDF document with all the links to the various different assets that we've created, like, you know, the videos and that type of stuff. And there'll be a, quite a few more assets kind of developed and put in there just to give people a bit of a helping hand. So um, basically that you can jump in there and, you know, learn some stuff. So the idea is hopefully when people come out after the Click Awards are over, that people will know a whole lot more about photography they'll understand more about composition they'll understand more about storytelling and they're going to understand about you know things like sizing and all that type of jazz and the more stuff you can kind of learn it makes your job as a photographer much easier and and it can seem quite daunting this stuff but really when you break it down it's actually it's like anything like building a house is a big complex process so if you looked at a house as in its entirety it's a big it's a big thing. It's a big item. There's lots of moving parts. There's, you know, there's plumbing, there's wiring, there's drains, there's, you know, walls, there's doors, there's openings everywhere, windows, a lot of different stuff. But when they build a house, it's all done in stages. So it's, it's, it's you know, the foundations go down, then typically the slab goes down, then a frame goes on, then the roof and then the walls and then, you know, it just rolls along. So it's been broken down into a number of, like key parts, which which is learning photography is exactly the same. You know, you're difficult to go out and learn everything there is to know about photography, you know, in five minutes. There's a lot to learn. And, and some will say, and a lot of the photographers that we've been talking to as a part of the Click Awards who are giving tips and advice have said they continue to learn every day. Photography is one of those areas where you never know everything there is to know. You're always learning new stuff. And quite often it's from talking to other photographers that you pick up on stuff and They've found a technique that works really well for them for them and their photography and a lot of times they're happy to share that, which is fantastic because that's um and I suppose that's some of the idea behind the Canon Collective. It is a it is a group of people who share information. You know, we share our passion for photography, but we also share what we've learnt to help other people on their journey. Because sometimes, you know, you just, sometimes you just need someone to give you a little bit of direction or, or point you in the, the right way to get you started on a, on a job which seems like it's going to be really difficult but once you kind of get your head around it you find 
it's not as hard as you thought it was. And that's, like I said, I found that in life of lots of different things, different projects I've been involved in. Some people go, oh, that's so much work. You've got to do this and this and this. And I go, well, you're not doing it all at once. You're doing, you got to start, you do this bit, you do that bit. That builds onto that bit and that builds on and then off you go. So I think, like I said, we've been talking about the Click Awards, but we're talking about the, I suppose, some of the stuff around the Click Awards, how we're trying to help photographers and we're trying to get help. Photographers think outside the square as well. One of the areas I know that the judges we're looking for, and, and this this is a kind of um, an area for the scoring, you know, you've got your, you've got your things like your technique, and that's fantastic. You know, if you've got your camera technique and you've got your exposure values right and you can know how to expose a picture and you've got your composition worked out and you've got some good storytelling happening in the image and you're ticking all those boxes. But one of the the hardest ones, I think, and this is the hardest of all things to bring to the table, is that um, innovation or originality trying to create an image that no one else has seen that's going to be a real challenge and like i said for the people who can create a new image that you know that's that hasn't been seen i mean everyone when you look at it, some images have been rehashed or or, or there's just variations of the, the same theme that we see photos all the time these images are not new they're not innovative you know they they've kind of been done before so you've got to avoid sometimes too trying to do recreate or reproduce things that have been done over and over. You know, and Darren and I have talked about this in some of the podcasts about some of the techniques that were used, you know, they were very popular and at the time they were very innovative. But once everyone starts using those techniques, then they're suddenly not so innovative or original anymore. Sometimes but you can take one of those techniques and then layer it over something that someone else hasn't done, use it for a completely different purpose that that can be innovation and that can create something original. So I think that's going to be, a, a, like I said, the biggest challenge for all of us as photographers is actually creating something that's brand new that people haven't seen. I think it's always great to strive that to do that. Just recently there was the local show in our area and they had a very different ride that had these um, chairs that were strapped to chains that spun around with lights and stuff on and they just happened to line up with the fireworks the fireworks were going off behind this ride and I'm thinking well I'm going to be shooting the fireworks as long exposure the ride's going to be moving so if I can position myself in a position where I've got this ride moving so I've got the movement of the ride it's going to create some unique patterns and colors and, and that type of stuff and then if I have the fireworks in the same frame you know that's going to create a different type of image and I, and I think for some of them like you know when you're creating a, an image like fireworks, it's very hard to get an original kind of composition of fireworks. But if you've got some other element in there, like this, you know, in this particular uh, instance, there was this ride in there. So it produced a kind of a very different look, but it gave me the opportunity to experiment and use long exposures. And I think typically a lot of the exposures around four to four to six seconds. And for people who like to go and have a crack at shooting fireworks, I'll tell you my technique. My technique's quite simple. So camera on a tripod, that's given. You want to have the camera on a stable platform. If you've got image stabilised lens, turn off your image stabiliser. You don't want that interfering with your work. You want to set the, the foc pick a focus point and focus on that and then turn the camera auto-focus off so the camera's locked off and just be careful not to bump it and move it. Just be mindful of that. 
I'll dial up always shoot always shoot manual. Um, there's just not really a setting in there that's going to give me what I want. So I typically will go for um, I like to get the starburst effect too of the fireworks and other lights around the fairgrounds or wherever it is, city lights. So I'm going to be shooting around F16. So I'm typically going to start around F16, ISO 200, and I'm going to be shooting in bulb mode. Now bulb mode, for those people who don't know what bulb mode is, bulb mode is basically while the shutter is depressed, the shutter is open. So it's indefinite. So if you needed... If you needed to create a 30-minute exposure, bulb mode would be a mode you could use to have the shutter open for 30 minutes. So what I do is I use a remote trigger because once I've got the camera set up and I've got the composition where I want it, I don't really want to be touching the camera because they're very long exposures. Even a little bit of vibration is going to cause a little bit of blur or whatever. So typically, hands off the camera, I use a trigger to trigger the camera. And basically what I do is while I'm holding my finger on the trigger, the shutter is open and I'll wait, I'll just wait, I'll listen to the fireworks launch and some of the fireworks you get to kind of a bit of a pattern, you kind of hear that and you know, you know, a couple of seconds after that, it's going to explode in the air. Then you're ready on the button, hold the, hold the um, button down, shutter opens, fireworks, you know, explode in the air and then another couple of fireworks come up behind it and you've still got the shutter open and you release. And I'll typically count, so I'll be going one, two, three, four, release. And I'll look at that between frames and I'll go, okay, that was these these fireworks are quite bright. Um, so they're blowing out a little bit. So what I might do is then I might just get a couple of bursts and I'll go for three seconds rather than kind of a four second. Or sometimes I'll go I, because the distance between how far you are from the fireworks where you're shooting as well um, has a big influence on it. But what I'll do is sometimes then I'll have to, you know, I might actually then open the shutter for a little bit longer to leave it more light because I'm, I'm not really getting enough light in. So, like I said, so my starting point usually is camera on tripod, autofocus off, image stabilisation off, bulb mode, usually ISO 200, f16 and then start from there and then i'll adjust so sometimes i find if you're particularly close and the fireworks are quite bright you know i think the other night i was actually up around f22 i started at 16 but i still i wanted to try and get the movement in the fair ride and by around f16 i was still letting a bit too much light in that some of the elements were really blowing out and i wanted to try and preserve that as much as i can so basically what i did is i just dialed up a higher uh, f-stop so I went to f22 I think I kept the ISO the same and I could still shoot now for you know you know five or six seconds and I could get the movement I wanted and I could also not have to lose all the color and blow it out and just all this white pixels on the screen so I think if you're not already a member great to be get you to come across and have a look in the show notes there is actually a kind of link to the Canon Collective, but like I said, it's easy to find if you're on Facebook. You just in Facebook, just type in Canon Collective group. Um, should pop up. It's a private group. You need to fill out some questions, and I do ask you that you do answer the questions. So it's like, do you live in Australia? Yes, I live in Australia. What do you currently shoot with? And look, you know, I had a couple of people I put on today in the group, and they said, I haven't got a camera yet. I'm, I'm, 
I want to learn about. I want to get some ideas about what camera I might buy. I want to get into photography, so they'll be kind of watching people, seeing what people are posting and what they're shooting with. So some people are in the group basically looking at getting into photography, so it's kind of like you know, putting their toe in the water, so to speak. But then there's another question on there, which is the last question, which is about agreeing to the um, group rules. So the group doesn't tolerate any bullying or the group's not there for you to try and sell your old camera gear, that type of stuff. It is purely about sharing your experience as a photographer, sharing your knowledge as a photographer. Um, and like I said, the Click Awards is just going to be an extension of that, taking it on a bit further. So look, I hope to see as many probably my listeners as possible jump over and join the group and maybe even see you guys make in an entry into the click awards um there is a there is a fee to enter it's 25 dollars. it's an enormous been an enormous um process to set this whole competition up and the fact that there's three judges looking at every photo so your photo doesn't go in there and just get you know someone looks at it and goes no nah, that's not good enough and gets pushed to the side every picture entered will go past the three judges and that unfortunately costs money to do that and that's why there's an entry fee. So, But when you think about it this way, it's a great investment in yourself as a photographer because you're going to get the scorecard back, you're going to look at your image that you submitted and you're going to better read through and you're going to see those six criteria and you're going to see how you scored on each of them and you'll start to understand where your strengths are and the areas where you maybe need to improve. So I hope this has been a, it's been a bit of a different uh, podcast, this one, but like I said, we'll have some more, a lot more stuff coming through in the next couple of weeks. Hope to have some more photographers in to sit down with me. Things are starting to hopefully get back to normal with borders and different things opening up, which is going to make it a little, little bit easier. But look, until next time, enjoy your photography and um, yeah, see you next time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>all for this episode this week thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app and social media sites remember photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn safe and happy shooting everyone